Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome everybody to the Otto's Tiny House Village. I am here in my living room ready to roll some joints and get high. No, not that kind of joints. These kind of joints. So we're going to roll some joints and we've got an exciting show for you today. Full of love, love, love because it's, it's love day. No, it's February. No, because we are love. I am love. But first, We've got a brand new female solution video that I want to share with you. Oh, my goodness, it's so beautiful. And we're going to get ready uh, to just talk about some very important things this morning uh, that kind of uh, piggybacking from our last Friday show. And I promise you, it's not going to be a depressing conversation. It's going to be actually a little humor because, uh, we need humor today. We need humor, and most of all, we need hugs. So let's welcome our global family because the Blog Talk Radio is open and ready to go. We're going to uh, play our global greeting right now for you. Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing, share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is the female solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the dash female dash solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao, in India, Namaste, in Japan, Konnichiwa, in Korea, Anil Hafael, in Russia, Zrastutsky, in Germany, Guten Tag, in Poland, Jindobe, in France, Bonjour, in Spain, Hola, in Italy, Ciao, in Egypt, Aspen Wasafen, in Ghana, Aquaba, in Nigeria, Peleo, in South Africa, Saobona, in Senegal, Nangade, in Kenya, Jambo, in Israel, Shalom. 
in Pakistan, Afghanistan, Palestine, and Saudi Arabia. Assalamu alaikum. and may peace be upon you all. Join us live on the On Air Radio Network. Call 727-731-5192. We want to talk to you.
the pollution, the toxins, the chemtrails, eh, can't touch you, can't touch you. And, of course, we work on our emotions because when we have joy, forgiveness, love vibration, that just puts this machine in such a high vibration that can't touch this new, 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 new. Can't touch this. That's the song we sing every day when we do our morning workup or morning routine. So let's get busy. I know that's why you're here early in the morning. Let's get busy. I'm going to put on the sounds of blackness this morning. That's our joint rolling music. I just love this music because it's so timely. I've been playing this song three years now, maybe less, but the words, just listen to the words as you roll your joints and you'll understand why I love this song. And the music, you can't beat the music, and music is my number one love. Yes, above men, above anything, I got to have my music every day. So let's get busy, and let's just start, before we start, just take a deep breath in. Through the nose, breathe in February 16th, a beautiful eight-figure, and exhale February 15th. It's gone. Whatever happened yesterday's, yesterday's are gone. Breathe them out. Inhale. Inhale, 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 and exhale. All the past numbers, all the past days are gone. We're here. We're now. February 16th is here. We're going to move in it. We're going to groove in it. We're going to go, go, go into the 8th of February 16th. All right, so we're going to start, if you're new, we start with putting our chin to chest, rolling this big head around to stretch the muscles in our neck both directions. We're going to roll our shoulders backward and forward. We're going to do a little swimming in the sea of energy. Then we get on our back. Pick up our legs and get those ankle and wrist joints rolling, and I'll show you some alternatives to rolling. If you have trouble rolling, you can still move these joints around, and they'll all have the same effect. So let's get busy with the sounds of blackness. I don't own the rights to this music, but they have given me full approval, authority to play and enjoy the music. So here we go. Forward. It's time. 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 It's time.
And I move over here with my dad. That's my dad. He's with me all the time. He, he left his body in 2019, but I feel his energy, his love all the time. So thank you for joining me for this beautiful day. Florida is in the best winter weather right now. During the day, we're in the 70s right now. And at night, goes down to 60s, sometimes 50. But it's just perfect sleeping weather at night. I open, crack my window. I have lots of trees around me. If you have trees around you, you want to open up your windows at night. Get some of that tree love energy in your in your room in your space while you're while you are sleeping and resting. And even in Chicago, I know it's cold up there, but at night you might just crack the window even if to keep the heat on. Crack the window just a little. Get some fresh air in the house. Don't want to keep your house all closed up all the time. Even in Chicago, I know how you feel. So welcome everybody. We are uh, kind of piggybacking from last week where we talked about uh, suicide and why people do that, make that choice and how to prevent it. So I saw this great video with Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore is a YouTuber. He was a comedian. Basically, we, you got a lot of comedians on YouTube, and they're educating us. And making us laugh. That's what I love. Jimmy Dore, Russell Brand, there's a number of them. And I love to, at the end of the day, to just get a good laugh out because I watch what's going on in in Israel, Gaza, and I almost want to cry seeing some what's going on there. But then there are some people who just make you laugh. So I've got um, a, a part of a video, a, a show from Jimmy Dore I want to share with you. Oh, we got a comment here. Uh, Naima Latif, our executive producer, says, Grand Rising, beautiful teacher. I'm looking forward to another awesome show. Sending hugs. Yes, hugs, 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 hugs. That's what the solution is for many people, especially people who might be homeless for a long time. There might be a little anxiety and depression. That's why I'm going to show you six hugs that you weren't even aware of, You were, yet you can do. So you don't have to do the big bear hug thing. There are other ways to hug people without giving all your energy forward with both arms and all that. There are actually six different hugs you can try and practice because we really need them these days. I'm telling you, just so much going on. In fact, I saw uh, Dr. Gabor Maté was on a panel about the new uh, documentary Ishmaelite, Israelite. No, Israelism. He was on a panel analyzing the documentary. And he said something so powerful that we're going to have trauma in our society for a long time because of what's going on in Gaza. Those people have had generation after generation for three or four generations of trauma. And they move across the globe. And guess what? We're going to experience it. But we're going to be prepared. We are prepared to meet our brothers and sisters who have been going through trauma. How, how about everybody? You know, I think there's a spectrum of trauma. It's called ACEs. 
adverse childhood experiences, and then just throughout our lifetime, trauma shows up. Trauma shows up to test us in a way and to give us the realities that we may not have in our timeline in our nice little house and our car and our all our fancy things, the consumer goods we have. But trauma will show up to test our faith. Who do you say? Who do you trust, basically? So let's get busy this morning um, learning about the new study um, that was done on antidepressants. Antidepressants are called SSRIs, and they stand for, I had it written down, uh, they stand for some type of, uh, uh, let me see if I can find it, SSRIs are the name, let's just say that's the name they give to antidepressants. And the name itself is given by basically scientists who are trying to tell you that they don't know what they're doing. Basically, the scientists come out with these names for drugs and um, they've done a little bit of research and the main uh, focus that they've had is on what's called serotonin. And we're going to learn a little bit about more than about serotonin because it, we're gonna, you're going to see how imperfect man's drugs are, imperfect man's logic is, imperfect uh, on the, the medical system is. Because when we look at uh, antidepressants, for instance, we realize that's probably the worst solution that they could come up with. But I want you to, I want to just share with you um, Jimmy Dore, who is a comedian, who put out this, um, he put out this, uh, this video, YouTube video, about uh, the new study, antidepressants. And he has, he's interviewing Dr. Drew. Part of it is interviewing Dr. Drew, who's a popular uh, psychiatrist. I think he's a psychiatrist, psychologist. Anyway, he's a doctor uh, of sorts. And he gives his professional um, opinion. So, and we want to um, listen in, and I'm not going to play the whole thing. It's like 18 minutes, but I want to give you just the first like 10 or 10 minutes or so that really educate us on how the pharmaceutical industry and news and media and then and have a little comedy in there because we, we need to laugh. There's a little comedy in there, but we just need to, at this point in the journey, 2023, right? We're in 2024. We need to have different perspectives on everything, everything. If you're watching CNN, ABC, you're getting a minimum number of perspectives uh, and lies and fake news and all that. But when you go to a place like YouTube, you really do um, have an opportunity to get a different perspective, make your own opinion. So, I hope that with this new study information that you are able to make your own decisions about how to treat feelings of anxiety or depression, 
how to go forward, how to find the right solution, and how to eliminate some of the offers that you might be getting from uh, the, the medical system. So this is, again, this is Jimmy Dore uh, talking about a new study reveals that antidepressants are a fraud. So let's listen up. I'm going to also bring in... Um, bring in my audio from the blog talk studio and see what we get all right here we go so here's another study i wanted to run past you gross misconduct the nail in the coffin for antidepressants this is written by dr joseph Merkula, who i've had on the show as reported in the 2023 first of all just so we we found out um, by the way, I, I have a feeling this isn't going to be the nail in the coffin for antidepressants. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling they're going to somehow get around this. So remember this, as, as reported in 2023, they did a systemic umbrella review of the evidence for the serotonin theory of depression. And this is what the conclusion was. The main areas of serotonin research provide no consistent evidence of there being an association between serotonin and depression and no support for the hypothesis that depression is caused by lowered serotonin activity or concentration. So the whole basis for serotonin re-up, uh, in, uptake inhibitors, which is what is Zoloft is and Prozac, they completely got taken out by, under by the knees, but they're still prescribing the hell out of them. Uh, it does affect uh, the urge to gamble, and also one guy won a lawsuit because he became gay, and that was held up in court. So they uh, and they they but they do make you more likely to still wear a mask in public. So that's good, right? <laughs> anyway, um, so here I want to tell you about this: the sequence treatment alternatives to relieve depression studies published in 2006 was the largest and longest running antidepressant effectiveness trial ever conducted and importantly it used real world patients so the authors claimed an overall cumulative remission rate of 67 percent this study has since been used to prop up the idea that antidepressants work in the real world mm. however the widely made claim that antidepressants work for nearly 7 in 10 patients in real-world clinical settings is based on a scientific misconduct and fraud. In his reanalysis of the study, psychologist Ed Peugeot and colleagues showed that, had the study protocol been followed, the cumulative remission rate would have been only 35%. Moreover, the STAR-D report omitted the stay-well rate, only 3%. Of the 4,041 patients who entered the trial and went into remission were still in remission at the end of their one-year follow-up. Hey, do you want to hear something great about this, too? Uh, Obamacare, one of the hidden provisions in that was called the pregnant women's right to mental health or something. Yeah. And uh, so they made it legal to give it to pregnant women for their depression. Wow. Okay. Previously, to protect the unborn baby, they wouldn't, you know. Yes, most clinical drug trials have found the effectiveness of antidepressants is on par with placebo. And many studies have debunked the serotonin theory that underpins the use of antidepressants. Meanwhile, large-scale meta-analysis show that physical exercise is the most effective remedy, about 1.5 times more effective than antidepressants for depression. Get out of here. Oh, so that's why physical exercise is suddenly linked to white supremacy. <laughs> yeah. uh, Can I just take a example? It's just one example. <laughs> well, here's just one example. 
Patients who, of how they flawed, the studies were flawed on purpose. Patients who didn't qualify as depressed enough to even be included in the study in the first place were counted as remitted, as were patients who dropped out, mostly due to intolerance to the drugs. They also switched outcome measures and introduced theoretical elements in clear violation of study protocol. Hey, my friend Brody's uh, dead from 100% from so that. We've also he was covered... telling everybody he didn't feel right, and they go, that's normal. That's normal. And then he's, su- uh, he's a suicide. Wow. So we also know that there's a connection that, that's in their own literature between uh, violent acts or the urge to commit violent acts at people who take antidepressants. And it's also connect with, connected to most, most mass shootings. And so that's why mass shootings have exploded in America since the introduction. This is a, that's a theory. Anyway, I'm not saying yeah. that's so a theory. So, that, Dr. Drew, what do you, you say? For, I've got a lot to say. Uh, I worked in a psychiatric hospital for 35 years. I want to remind you of a couple things. One is, are you aware that randomized controlled trials have only been around for about 75 years? Okay, they, okay. No. I know what they are. That, people pretend as though that has been the basis of science forever. No, it's a relatively new instrument on the scene, and it is deeply flawed. It is, to, to power it, you have to have more patients, more, a bigger end than 85% of the, of the RCTs out there. So we have lots of problems. People do a lot of manipulating with numbers as a result of learning how to use this instrument to make their outcomes the way they want them. But uh, I digress. Back, back in the day, doctors would try things, and when they worked, you knew it clinically because the patient got better. Did they get better every time? No, of course not. But you developed a clinical sense of what worked and what doesn't. Clinical judgment has been marginalized. And I'm telling you, clinical judgment is, if you see lots and lots of patients, like I did, thousands and thousands, you know what's going on long before the medical literature catches up. So I always have a sense like, hey, something's not right here, because that's not what I'm seeing. Like, I remember, I've used a great deal of Paxlovid. And I saw a bunch of rebounds. And what I got was, oh, yeah, yeah it's, just the, it's just the cytokine storm kicking in a week later. No, there's no cytokine activation. And there was something different going on. It was a lot of airway problems. It was something categorically different. It took two years for that literature to catch up where people went, oh, my goodness, Paxlovid causes rebound. And we can argue whether Paxlovid is a good thing or not. That, that's not the point of that. The other thing is the serotonin theory, so-called, as long as I've heard it, everyone knew it was sort of a fiction. Really? So it's always been known. It's in the commercial. Sort of like, it's in the commercial. It's sort, of a, it's sort of a construct. We think it works this way. They don't guarantee it. We think it, it works yeah. that way. It was always now, magic. <laughs> now, now, if you look at, if you interviewed Steve Kirsch yet? Yes, Steve Kirsch. we've yeah. had Steve Kirsch so, on. So if you remember, Steve did research on fluvoxamine yes. in COVID. Yes. And the reason fluvoxamine worked, at least we theorized, is it's an, it, it activates the sigma-2 receptor, which is an anti-inflammatory That's receptor. Right. And there are people that believe the entire effect of antidepressant is anti-inflammatory. That might be actually how it works. Even yeah. though there is a serotonin effect, that might not be how it works. It, it, yes, it does these oh. things in terms of serotonin reuptake, but that might not be how it affects depression, really. Because serotonin is distributed. Why they thr- There's a lot of stuff. Weren't they, they given one as an antidepressant? Like a flu? Am I But wrong? it works. But yes. they work. Yeah. Yes. But they work clinically. They work. But the other thing that we've known for a long time is two things. One is, and you pointed out in the studies, that keeping people in remission is a much harder thing to do than getting people into remission. Much harder. 
and psychiatric literature and addiction literature, the time horizons are far too short. An addiction, they're like three months or six months. That is ridiculous because people, guess what they do after six months? They do drugs. They go back and forth. Yeah. And so and that, that's just insane. It's always been insane to me. So, yes, this article points that out, which is an important thing to point out. But the other thing, as it pertains to violent attacks, I have always put that at the feet of who is doing the prescribing of the antidepressants. Psychiatrists are experts. They know how to use these dangerous chemicals. Two things. We in this country have decided that all medications are good and medication makes life better. That is not true. Medications are all dangerous and they should only be used when the risk reward warrants it. Only. Now, if you're a primary care practitioner and you're going to use an antidepressant, you shouldn't be, you should be very careful. You should urge the patient to get an expert opinion from a psychiatrist. And here's what happens in a, a significant percentage of cases. They don't have unipolar depression. They have bipolar depression. And when you give them an antidepressant, they become manic and then they become violent. And so that's where the antidepressant violent co connection is. Wow. Okay. Let, talking to somebody who knows a little bit about what he's talking about. That's refreshing. Um, so what do you say about the, um, them and purposely, so I know when they did studies on, for instance, ivermectin. So I wanted you to just, um, hear the introduction about, uh, the fraudulent studies from antidepressants. And I want you to think about, uh, serotonin. What do you say about serotonin? How the serotonin uh, idea, the serotonin uptake has been used for 75 years. They've been studying uh, depression, anxiety, and they always come up, well, we're, used, we're doing something with serotonin. We're affecting serotonin. But when we come back from the break, I want to just uh, share with you a couple of minutes audio about what is serotonin. Because that, when you have this knowledge about what medical uh, so-called experts keep pushing in your face as the reason they do what they do, when you have your own knowledge, you can say, ah, I don't believe that. You go into your doctor's office, if that's what you do, and you educate him on what you know. We always, always should do our research before we go to a hospital or doctor's office, they need you. They need you to do the research because they don't have time. They're too busy uh, doing paperwork and, send, and prescribing drugs. So if you ever go to a doctor's office, please, please, please do your homework and find out uh, more about your challenge, your health challenge, so that you don't have them pulling wool over your head and telling you things that are not true. So we're going to take a break. And when I come back, I'm going to take your calls. I see we have 334-747. I'll take your calls after the break. And we want to talk about serotonin because that is the word that your body uh, actually is wiser about what's going on with serotonin than these medical people. And yet they have pulled the wool over our head. The research is fraudulent. And there are thousands of people on SSRIs or, or antidepressants. And unfortunately, many of them end up taking their lives because basically the serotonin thing starts taking uh, them into a manic uh, depression or whatever because they're manipulating 
and messing with science or messing with biology, let's say. Uh, so let me take a break, and we'll be right back after these messages. Have you ever dreamed of going to exotic places, meeting fascinating people, enjoying uplifting music, and spending nights in a luxurious hotel? Do you look forward to a relaxing vacation where you can walk along the beach or sit in a quiet park and enjoy the sunset? or sunrise. Whether you're flying around the world or driving across the country, we will share travel tips that will help you stay safe while you enjoy the journey. Join me every third Saturday of the month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, and move around with Deborah here on the Female Solutions Show. Call in and comment 515-605- Nine three two five, and press one to speak. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve a peaceful harmony and the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. I'm Viata, your Holistic Life Coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com, and I'm Viato. and antidepressants. In fact, I want to ask the question, if any of you know, what is the country in planet Earth that has the largest suicide rate? Anybody, just raise your hand or write in the comments on Facebook, do you know what country 
has the highest suicide rate, and it's not the United States. So kind of interesting. I'm going to share that with you uh, later in the show because we can learn from that country. We can make changes in our lives here in the United States, individually, family, community, when we know who has the highest rate of suicide and why, because there's been studies to show why this country has the highest suicide rate. So let's go to the phones. I have a caller who's raised seven. Your mic is open. Welcome. Give us your name and where you're calling from, please. Well, first and foremost, grand rising, grand rising, and giving praise, honor, and thanksgiving to Mother God and Father God. The universe is sending so much beautiful energy to you today, this morning, Vada. As-salamu alaykum, and may God's peace and blessings continue to be upon you. This is the shy apostle, Brother Neil, uh, and, and and just coming from Alabama now, but uh, emanating from the Apostolic Church of God. That's where Shy Apostle comes from, 63rd in Dorchester in Chicago, Illinois. And so I was raised by Bishop Arthur Embrasier. May he rest in peace. But um, what you're talking about this morning, Vaada, and 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 it's, it's so key and vital. Starting first of all with the with the with the body opening and joint rolling, so important to stimulate the the body. This this uh this machine, this temple that God has blessed us with. But what you're talking about is part of the spiritual warfare that is affecting has been affecting as the main part of the main reason of the violence, the chemical dependence, the quote unquote drug addiction, these chemicals made up in laboratories and all these things that they have given from childhood, from birth, starting with the the, the, the chemical that they that, that women give they start giving their daughters at 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 administration when they start menstruating, this birth control don't know what's in it, where it's coming from, making your body and messing your hormones up because it's tricking your body, telling your body you're pregnant, and messing your your, your whole cycle up, your menstrual cycle, which eliminates toxins out of your body to prepare your body for the miracle of childbirth. And 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 then now then all this all this mental health mess that they've given people and given these kids these drugs, these chemicals. Starting with school at, at 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 childhood and at birth, and 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 addicting them and having them act so out of control and so just 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 un just evil because they 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 they, they want to keep you away from the natural, and God has given us all the medicine right in the earth, created as part as part of the creation when He create when they created us. It was right here that everything that you need is right in the earth naturally. But they 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 and like Curtis Mayfield said with the song, his music is my medicine also. And that sounds of blackness song that you played was so beautiful this morning. But they all this chemical chemical dependence and Curtis Mayfield said it in the seventies when he made the song, I'm your they they they're your pusher man. I'm your pusher man. And <laughs> and and yes, and that and that's the pharmaceutical industry. And the number one Drug pusher, the number one chemical drug pusher is the pharmaceutical industry. Billions, billions. And the guy who put out when they had the opioid crisis, the same with the epidemic, because there was a plant epidemic, biochemical warfare, which is going on now, which is which was COVID. But they did it with the opioid crisis. They did it with the crack epidemic, which ravaged, ravaged 
the African American community, uh, and 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 then turn around the Democratic Party, but Clinton and 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 the Congressional Black Caucus. We got to just have to tell the truth and speak the truth. Turn around and then made laws that lock up the rest of your black community, the men in your black community, and give them all life sentences for being pharmaceutical salesmen because that's what they are, street pharmaceutical salesmen. They just don't have a license, a DEA license, is which doctors have to prescribe medicine. Uh, and, and all these chemicals and all these, these epidemic, epidemic reports are just ravaging our community. And just like the guy said in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the message, when he was talking about the relationship to violence, uh, with 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 these uh, the antidepressants and these mental health medicines, it's a direct connection. It's a direct connection to what's going on in our communities. It's a direct connection to all the the the, uh, the just what they label as crazy behavior and, and don't know why they they can't understand why people the kids are just shooting up and and don't have a reason to live and shooting up everything and and you can't go anywhere you can't go outside and people can't grandmothers can't sit on, you can't sit on your porch because you're worried about just people just going shooting and and all type of other things it's a direct connection to these chemicals so what you're teaching this morning sister is so beautiful and your energy and and what God is sending through you is so vital and important that this dispensation and time and 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 our spiritual history and and just continue to do what you're doing and I want to continue to learn and just continue and 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 your energy partner with my beautiful sister Naima Harriet Tubman Latif because she's the modern day and this like Solomon said. And and Suleiman in Aramaic, which is the language Jesus spoke, Aramaic. Uh, it says she is more. She because she wisdom. She in proverb. She is more precious than gold. She is more precious than diamond. She is more precious than rubies. Put wisdom in that bosom, young man. And he said, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and understanding. He calls wisdom her. And you all have such beautiful energy and strong and powerful energy and continue to share that. And may God continue to bless you to speak truth to power and to educate and teach. And Solomon said, when all that get in, get understanding. So continue to do that. And I really commend you. And I really just am I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be in the presence of this 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 learning uh, uh, educational conversation this morning. Uh, I'm on. I'm on the phone right now. I'm sorry. What did you say? You, no, I didn't. No, say I don't. Uh, no. No, I don't need you. I'm on the phone. You're interrupting me, please. Thank you. Damn. So we got. Thank, thank you, brother Neil. Brother Neil. Woo, brother Neil. Love some brother Neil. Thank you so much, brother Neil, for those beautiful words. Uh, of of complimentary and and collective energy that he is showing that he's with us. We are all together. Unity. That's what I was thinking. Brother Neil just showed uh, the energy we need today more than ever is unity. And I thank you, Brother Neil, so much uh, for those very kind words, not just for me, but for the whole Female Solutions Blog Talk host family. And um, and that is what we need more than ever, unity, harmony, to go against the evil minds of the pharmaceutical, the medical, and our government. And I want to say, Brother Neil, um, you, th- you said drugs are, the, these drugs are the problem. Let me say that I believe the number one drug that we all need to be more conscious of is sugar. 
sugar is a drug. And I tell my grandchildren, ah, no, that's not right. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they didn't want to debate and argue with me. People just don't understand the process of how they made those white little granules. And I, I, I went to a Super Bowl. I have, I have a confession to make. I went to a Super Bowl party, and they had so much food, and they, the dessert table was just irresistible. I was like, oh, my goodness, do I want to indulge? And I'm like, oh, yeah, everybody's having I didn't have any alcohol. So I said, oh, yeah, I'm just going to have a cookie. I had one cookie, then another. They had these lemon cookies that were, like, off the chain. Oh, my goodness. So the next day, I literally had a hangover. I was just totally out of it. My brain felt like it was on fire. My body was all out of balance. And I spent more time the next day, Monday morning. Uh, I was in bed longer than I used. Sugar, sugar is the number one drug everybody's pretty much addicted to. So let me just throw that out there. Be careful, be careful, be careful, be mindful that when you're eating cookies, desserts, all that, you're eating, you're putting a drug in your body. And for me, I'm just very sensitive, I think even allergic to the stuff. All these years. And so I really do, I don't have sugar in my house. My son has a big five-pound bag because he puts it in his sugar in his coffee. And I see the consequences of that all the time. So anyway, that's my little uh, lecture on the number one drug that we're all addicted to is sugar. And let, and it will ruin your body if you don't get control over it. So anyway, I want to just give you a little clip on serotonin. And brother, love you, brother Neil. Thank you so much for your words of love. And we're going to just a little bit more on serotonin because that's what they have focused on. And they assume that you're so ignorant and so stupid that you just take whatever they say as the gospel and it ain't necessarily so. So let's listen to this little educational three-minute clip on what serotonin is. So we will never be ignorant again when the doctors and the drug companies and the medical system talks about serotonin, and they just don't know how much divine purpose and energy is in that little hormone. But here we go. Serotonin, or 5-hydroxytryptamine, is a neurotransmitter involved in many brain and body functions and is commonly known as the substance of well-being and happiness. Serotonin is produced in specialized neurons found mostly in the Rafi nuclei located along the midline of the brain stem. The axons of these neurons form extensive serotonergic pathways that reach almost every part of the central nervous system, including the cerebellum and the spinal cord. This is why it's not surprising that serotonin is implicated in a vast array of brain functions, including sleep and wake cycle, appetite, mood regulation, memory and learning, temperature control, among others. Serotonin is synthesized from the amino acid tryptophan and is stored in small vesicles within the nerve terminal. When a serotonergic neuron is stimulated, serotonin is released into the synaptic cleft, where it binds to and activates serotonin receptors on the postsynaptic neuron. Serotonin action is then terminated via removal of its molecules from the synaptic space. This is accomplished through a special protein called serotonin transporter. Low levels of serotonin in the brain have been associated with depressive disorders and current treatments for depression aim to increase these levels. 
The most commonly prescribed medications called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSRIs, act by blocking serotonin reuptake by the transmitting neurons. This results in elevated levels of serotonin in the synaptic space and its prolonged action on the receiving neuron. The SSRIs have developed into the drugs of choice because they produce fewer side effects thanks to their selective action on serotonin alone and no other neurotransmitters. Unfortunately, because serotonin is involved in a wide range of brain functions, the side effects remain significant and may progress to a potentially dangerous condition known as serotonin syndrome. This syndrome is generally caused by a combination of two or more drugs used to raise the serotonin levels in the brain. If the medications are not discontinued, the condition may become fatal. Non-pharmacologic methods of raising brain serotonin have shown promising results in recent studies. It has been suggested that positive mood induction, either self-induced or due to psychotherapy, correlates with increased serotonin synthesis in the brain. The interaction between serotonin synthesis and mood may therefore be two-way, with serotonin influencing mood and mood influencing serotonin. Other methods include exposure to bright light and tryptophan-rich diets. To note, however, that serotonin-rich food, such as bananas, would not work because serotonin, unlike tryptophan, cannot cross the blood-brain barrier. Finally, although it sounds like a cliché, physical exercise may be the most effective and safest way of improving mood. Several studies suggest that serotonin levels are increased with vigorous physical activity and that these elevated levels are maintained for several days after the exercise. So, again, we hear that, what, moving the body is probably the number one natural solution to depression and anxiety. And um, when we look at serotonin, this is just one of many hormones, neurotransmitters that are speaking, communicating to other hormones, other neurotransmitters in the body out of thousands. And then let's not forget our microbiome, trillions of microbes talking to each other, talking to the brain. So why is it that man thinks they can up one on the creator's system. That's what we have to think about today is when we look at the whole pharmaceutical industry, medical system, and what they've been uh, offering as solutions to normal everyday problems, depression and anxiety. I mean, who doesn't feel depression and anxiety maybe once or twice a day? And you, if you don't manage it, then the medical system is ready to offer you their solution. When here we are, natural solution, go outside, walk around, hug a tree, you know, look at trees, uh, look at the sun, look at the sky. And, of course, hugs are in the equation today. But let me just play, before we go to the break, I'm going to start this video. The, the country that has the highest suicide rate gives us some powerful lessons on how to prevent the suicide. So let me play uh, this quick lesson on the country that has the highest suicide rate. This is not an experience many people would want to have. 
let alone remember. Since 2012, tens of thousands of South Koreans have taken part in their very own living funerals. The service was created in the hope that simulating death, even for just 10 minutes, might just steer people away from taking their own lives. It reflects a dark reality that South Korea is grappling with. Government statistics indicate that about one person commits suicide about every 39 minutes in the country. Almost 14,000 people took their own lives in 2021. The country's suicide rate is among the highest in the world and tops the list among developed nations. But why is South Korea's suicide rate so high? We spoke to experts who say part of the answer lies in just how much South Korea has changed in such a short span of time. When hostilities in the Korean War were suspended in 1953, South Korea was left poor, rural, and devastated. But in the decades that followed, the country rapidly industrialized. Job opportunities saw exponential growth, which encouraged large numbers of people to migrate to the cities in the 1970s and 1980s. Within a single generation, the country became a world-renowned model of development. There were these posters and slogans around the country in the 1960s and 70s and 80s, and it was about building the South Korean nation. It was about building a place where people could feel safe, where people could feel prosperous, and where South Korea could rise itself up from the, the poverty and destruction that was inflicted upon it by colonization and civil war. The most amazing thing is, they actually did it. They actually built that nation. But while South Korea has changed outwardly, traditional values have remained. Historically, Korean values have been rooted in Confucianism, among other beliefs. A family-first attitude stresses the importance of community ties. Some kids even attend Confucian camps like this one during summer breaks from school. But as the economy has grown richer, family ties have started to unravel. I would suggest that individualism, this idea that my goals are the most important thing in life, that's maximum 10 years old in South Korea. For the longest time, right, South Korea has placed the development of the nation over the needs or desires of the individual. Korean people are always defined by who they are talking to and this affects their language, this affects their behavior, this affects who they are. So that plays a big role in what we're seeing in terms of mental health suicide because all of a sudden that interdependence, they've been told they're individuals uh, and, and they've experienced this neoliberalism from the 2000s onwards and uh, that's been really um, hard for them. The rise of individualism can be seen in the growing number of people living alone across the country. More young South Koreans have been embracing single life and pushing back against the family unit. At the same time, the number of elderly people living alone reached a record high in 2023. Experts have linked isolation with higher instances of depression commonly tied to suicide. In South Korea, suicide tends to increase proportionally with age. An estimated 29 out of every 100,000 people in their 40s and 50s killed themselves in 2022. But among people in their 80s, the rate was more than double. 
핵과족화되어 있고 개인 중심의 가족의 구조로 바뀌어가고 있는데 중요한 건 우리 한 사람 한 사람 가족원들은 어, 가족에 대한 생각이 과거와 그렇게 크지 않은 거죠. 전통적으로는 장남이 부모님들을 이제 모시는 게 일반적이었지만 지금은 이제 그러한 관습이 어, 굉장히 많이 엿어졌어요. 약해졌습니다. 노인분들이 실제로 자녀들이 나를 부양하지 못하는 부분에 대해서는 충분히 이해를 하지만 심리적으로 고립감을 느끼거나 고독감을 느끼는 것은 사실이거든요. The government has been trying to combat a widespread epidemic of lonely deaths as society rapidly ages. The proportion of elderly in the overall population is expected to reach 40% by 2050. On top of that, many older people live in poverty. In 2022, more than 40% of South Korea's senior citizens were found to be living under the poverty line. One reason for this is that the elderly are traditionally taken care of by their families. Until recently, that is. They don't think about pension. We don't spend a lot of money in uh, social welfare. So in terms of pension, like, you know, the older people, they didn't have that. So instead of saving money for themselves, a lot of parents invest everything onto their children. They spend all their money. Their children's happiness is my happiness. So they don't really take care of themselves. So when they are really, you know, older and aging and weak, they don't have money to support themselves. So does this sound in any way familiar to us in the United States of America? I think so. Uh, as you heard, I think the number one reason that the suicide rate in, is high in South Korea or anywhere is that It's all about me, 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 selfie here, selfie there, me, me, me. And the family, as it said, was nuclearized. The family is no longer priority in South Korea. And the it's all about me, TikTok this, TikTok that, Facebook this, and people are taking their lives. Because what? It's meant for it to be a we, not a me. And it's meant for us to have family, strong family ties naturally. And I'm, I'm just so grateful. We're going to take a break. I have a, uh, my oldest son feels some obligation to take care of me. I'm just grateful, grateful every day. And I tell him often, I'm really grateful to be in this soul partnership with my son. And I have two sons. Um, they're five years apart. And the youngest son lives with his dad. And I heard my older son, okay, that's, he, dad's your responsibility, and I'm taking responsibility for mom. So I am truly, truly blessed to have this, what I call a soul partnership relationship with my oldest son. He lives right across the yard. I'm in my tiny house, and he let me renovate this shed in his backyard. And so that is what we need to develop in every family. So there's a need for healing. That's why the Sounds of Blackness music that I play is so relevant even three, four years later after I found it, time for healing. It really is time for healing because the medical system, our government, for the last three or four years was totally in on killing people, is my opinion. The, the practices of the COVID madness, the twilight zone that we all went through, was all about 
reducing the population. It's not a secret anymore. It's been really obvious what happened over the last three or four years. Heart problems coming up, uh, suicides everywhere. And what is the medical pharmaceutical? Let's have another drug. We can. They've already got a vaccine for another uh, uh, disease X coming up. What we we here at the Female Solution? We are not taking that mess anymore. We are educating our our listeners. Our listeners are educating us. Look at what Brother Neil, who's our first caller, just shared with us. Just beautiful, beautiful message of wisdom, wisdom and knowledge and, and affirming what we need to remember. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm just thankful. And all of you here today are teachers because everybody has a story to tell. If you're willing to tell your story, you are a teacher. We're going to learn from your story. I was talking to my, my friend the other night about all the books that are out there. And we have Asada, our Tuesday host, has the most amazing community of authors that she brings on every Tuesday morning on the Female Solution. And we learn about their story. And they're amazing, amazing stories. So, and then on Monday, we have uh, our, our host, Zelda, Monday Morning Mindfulness. She brings on some amazing guests. And her story alone is powerful. Naima has a story. We learn from Naima. We learn from all our hosts because they share their wisdom, their knowledge, and much, much more. So, again, let's get the lesson from Korea. It's not about me, me, me. It's about we. And it's very important that you have a family. And it doesn't have to be your blood relatives. That's what Mama AZ always shares her experience with her blood relatives, and we want to just push them folks aside for now until they wake up and become more conscious. We got to have conscious family. And and this before, and one more thing as we go to the break. <clears throat> I had a guy texting uh, about uh, when is the black community going to come together in unity? And I was like, listen, we're in the age of Aquarius here. It is not about race or color of your skin. It's about who is conscious? I don't care what color you are, blue, purple, white, blue hair, black hair, yellow hair. We need conscious human beings in our family. We don't care about the color. Let's just, just move past the color. And whoever is, has, is practicing consciousness, love, unity, community, that's our family at this point in the journey, age of Aquarius. We're all coming together in unity because the government and uh, uh, our global military, industrial, whatever, is all about bombing the hell out of whoever. They don't care who, what color you are. So let's just transform alchemists, transform all that negative, unconscious energy, and we're looking for conscious people who are going to come together in unity, family, and promote love, peace, and get rid of this war mentality. So, hallelujah, here we are. I'm going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to learn about the six new ways to hug people. Yes, 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 I'm so excited. Six ways. You probably know, I'm familiar with most of them, but I want you to start practicing some of these uh, hugging techniques because that's what we really need. And, and there's a scripture I'm going to read to you 
from the Bible that promotes hugging. You may not think, I'm going to read it to you just so we're on the same page. So here we go. Uh, let's, we'll be right back. Do you worry about finances, family, health, jobs, relationships? Are you in pain? Do you feel stuck? If you answered yes to any of these questions, help is available. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's part of the human process. You only feel this way because you haven't mastered the voices in your head. No hype, just down-to-earth, solid, workable tools and techniques that you can practice daily. It's really food for the soul. Whether you want to learn how not to worry about anything, reverse type 2 diabetes, publish a book, promote your product or service, or just make extra money. To take advantage of the deal of the day, go to zeldaspeaks.com or call 312-409-6619. Mention promo code The Female Solution and get free shipping. That's zeldaspeaks.com or 312-409-6619. Stop worrying today. Visit zeldaspeaks.com. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. We are a part of the online network of Associated Internet Radio hosts, On Air. On Air empowers you with transformative news and interactive radio TV shows. This is such a wonderful time to be alive and to see our human family coming together as one community as a result of that powerful tool, the internet. We can now talk directly to each other all over the world. There's no need for conflict or misunderstanding. There's no need for violence to solve our differences. We can talk to each other face to face until we reach an agreement. On Air offers a fantastic global guide to communicators from all over the world who are using their internet platforms to inspire us to strive to be our best selves in order to become the kind, compassionate, loving people we were all born to be. Once we do that, we'll see planet Earth transformed into a place of peace. Subscribe to the recommended YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and podcasts created by these Voices of Enlightenment. On Air provides daily news briefs and a weekly magazine to keep you abreast of events and opportunities. On-air news affiliates in television, radio, and print share information, insight, and interviews with notable personalities. Go to onaireverywhere.com for a daily dose of uplifting news. We're on-air everywhere, online all the time. are back. I'm so excited today to share some magic of hugs. I um, actually read in a Natural Awakening magazine. This is a, a magazine that is uh, published uh, throughout Florida and in fact probably throughout the country. And the, the article that got my attention was called The Magic of Hugs. And beautiful, beautiful um, article that I'd like to share some of the highlights with you. 
She says, during a hug, preferably the 20-second variety, we can experience a drop in anxiety thanks to a decrease in the stress hormone cortisol. So imagine you're thinking about um, serotonin. Your doctor is saying, well, you need this drug uh, because it will help your serotonin. Well, what about my, uh, my cortisol hormone? What happens to it? That's the challenge we have with doctor's knowledge over wisdom, divine knowledge. There's all kinds of hormones working in your body that need to be uh, organized, controlled. And where does it start? Right here in the brain. But a hug, just think of hugs. Thanks to a decrease in the stress hormone, a friendly burst of bonding hormone, oxytocin. They got drugs that are close to that name, oxytocin, that reduce your pain, but they put you in a stupor, a zombie stupor. Hugging our spouse, friend, or someone after church can ward off the common cold. And what is the the last four years? Stay away from people who have the bugs, who have the virus. Don't touch people. Don't go near them. Uh, That's why seniors uh, in the last three, four years died in large numbers. We weren't supposed to hug them because you might get the germ, you might get the bug. Hugging is a language unto itself, showing others that they matter. Too often we postpone physical contact, rushing out the door on the way to work. Children can be deprived of hugs because of generational and cultural reservation. In the end, most of us don't have enough healthy non-sexual touch which can contribute to loneliness, depression, and feelings of separateness. Whether we are born huggers or hug-phobic and warming up to the practice, lifting our arms to express affection or support another person can prove that there are safe places indeed. I read that. I felt good just reading that article. And she goes on to give uh, some advice. But I want to just share with you the six hugs I found on YouTube. They were um, they were so uh, interesting and just something for us to draw on as we move forward into this age of Aquarius, this age of a new paradigm of health. And I read, a friend of mine gave me this scripture that kind of says on a biblical way what this means the magic of hugs, the touching. In the book of Matthew, chapter 8, we read that Yeshua, the Messiah, came down from the mountain. I imagine that Yeshua was meditating in the mountain, uh, breathing, getting fresh air, getting hearing the voice of the Most High, the universe, comes down off this meditation, and what happens? Great multitudes followed him. He probably had a light coming out of him so bright. And behold, a leper, someone with a disease, came and worshipped him, saying, Master, if you are willing, you can make me clean. In other words, help me, help me, please. I need help. I need to be clean. I need to be healed. And what did the master, who just came off meditation in the mountain, say? He said, he put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. What a simple message for us today. 
to take on the mind of the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, to touch people. Wow, I get, I'm get i getting chills just, just thinking about it, just talking about it. If we take on the mind of the Messiah today, this is what I believe it means that Yeshua is coming back. The Messiah is back in many of our minds and hearts and bodies. The Messiah is here. And I want to just share this clip about six ways. If, you, if you're having struggling with hugging, having a little problem, you don't know how to hug, this is going to help you. It's going to really help you um, figure it out how to hug. And let me just get pull it up. And I was, like, laughing at this, thinking, wow, how many people struggle with this? And it's like, if you're a tree hugger, this is no problem. And and some people, you, you might say, well, I don't really want But remember, touch. It's all about touch. So that's what this uh, audio is going to show us. Hey, Psych2Goers. Thank you so much for your support. Have you ever wondered why you hug other people? What does this display of affection mean exactly? Well, according to psychology, you hug others because you need to. You hug people to help alleviate distress, to feel less alone, to share your love and joy with others, and to let those around you know that they matter to you. Carol Miller once said, Hugs are the truest form of giving and receiving. With that said, these are six of the most common types of hugs and what each of them mean. Number one, the side hug. A side hug expresses friendliness, warmth, and kindness. A side hug is when you put an arm around another person's shoulders, rather than wrapping both arms around them in a full contact hug. Also called the buddy hug, the side hug is often shared between casual friends and acquaintances in greeting. It is meant to convey friendliness that is not yet bloomed into intimacy. This is an appropriate display of affection for when you aren't very close to someone or are still getting to know them. By keeping the other person at arm's length, you are subconsciously keeping them at an emotional distance. However, choosing a side hug doesn't mean you feel cold and insincere towards them, but that you're being shy, friendly, and polite. Number two, the flirty hug. What's a flirty hug, you ask? Well, it's when you have a full frontal body contact hug with both your arms around the other person. They might trace their hands up your back or down your arms. They may even start playing with your hair. Ooh la la. A flirty hug is meant to convey romantic attraction. It tells you that the other person likes you and has feelings for you, even if they can't verbally express it. This type of hug is affectionate, intimate, and sweet. It's a definite sign that the other person is attracted to you and wants to be more than just friends. Number three, the long hug. Did you know that most hugs are brief, lasting only between five and 10 seconds? A long hug that lasts at least 20 seconds triggers the release of oxytocin, the love hormone, in your brain. When you get a long hug from a friend, family member, or a loved one, it's more comforting, loving, and warm. Whether it's because you haven't seen them in a long while, or you're patching things up after a fight, or you just really miss them, a long hug conveys that you love them and want to be there for them. Number four, the romantic hug. Similar to the flirty hug, the romantic hug also conveys feelings of attachment and romantic attraction, but is more so about love rather than desire or passion. While the flirty hug is shared between people you hope to pursue a relationship with, the romantic hug is often shared between couples who have been dating for a while and are more familiar and intimate with each other. A romantic hug is when both people pull each other close by the waist and look deep into each other's eyes, 
with arms wrapped tight around each other, and their foreheads are pressed together. This pose expresses intimacy, fondness, and familiarity. Number five, the bear hug. If you've ever had a best friend or a rowdy sibling, then you already know what a bear hug is. A bear hug is intended to be playful, lighthearted, and fun. When you're wrapped in a bear hug, it is a full frontal tight embrace that is enveloping and warm. This kind of hug means that you have someone in your life who loves being around you and feels like you're worth protecting. And number six, the reverse hug. The reverse hug, or the spoon hug, is when someone wraps their arms around you from behind. You can share this hug with your romantic partner or a very close friend or your siblings. When someone gives you a reverse hug, it makes you feel safe, protected, and cared for. The reverse hug is a gentle but sweet affirmation of someone's feelings for you. Have you ever been on the receiving end of one of these special hugs? How did it make you feel? What do you think it meant? Tell us about it in the comments below. Please like and share this video if it helped you and you think it could help someone else too. The studies and references used are listed in the description below. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button for more Psych2Go videos and thank you for watching. We'll see you next time. So there you have it, magic of hugs. And here are some more tips to add hugs to your day. From the article, The Magic of Hugs, how about compose, quote, hug certificates and put them in someone's birthday card to use throughout the year. Now, of course, that's not someone who lives uh, a long distance from you, but if you have people in your life live next door, your work uh, partners, whatever, hug certificates in their birthday cards, even maybe in uh, greeting cards of all kinds. Number two, hug a pillow when you're alone and surrender to the safe place feeling. This is something I'm really uh, wanting to teach my grandchildren because sometimes they demonstrate a little stress and anxiety. And hugging a pillow is what many psychiatrists, psychologists recommend to their patients. Number three, give a child a hug before and after school after a job well done or just because. Now, I have a grandson who doesn't like to hug, and I have to actually beg him for a hug sometimes. But I want to share with you something that happened that helped me to understand what he's going through right now as a seven-year-old, what I call genius sometimes, and on a spectrum of autism, uh, maybe a little more than average or less than average. So um, one night I go to his bedroom and he's in his tablet. His dad is letting him read his tablet, look on his tablet while his sister's in the shower. And I'm laying on the bed and I want to tell you, I don't want to talk to you. I'm, I'm busy. I'm like, look, I think you need to put that tablet down and talk to grandma for a little bit. And he says, you pinched me. I'm like, I pinched you? Yes, I pinched you. I said, how many times did I pinch you? He said, you pinched me 10 times. I'm like, really? Come on now. Ten times. I said, in the last three years, you're telling me I pinched you. He said, yeah, you pinched. And he started to cry. I'm like, whoa, what is this? He's crying, just expressing how grandma pinched him. And I'm going to say three years and three times in three years. That's really my memory. It's like, I don't pinch him too often. It's really, we are adjusting to communicating to these children other than spanking and abuse of any kind. So he starts crying while he's telling me I pinched him 10 times. He came up with this number, and he's going, I'm saying, Jonah, 
oh, I'm so sorry you're crying, but I don't know. You were, it was painful, wasn't it? And he shook his head. And I said, you know what's painful to grandma is when you don't want to hug me. Now, we have, this is a conversation I'm having with a seven-year-old while we're laying in bed. I said, it's painful to grandma. And he said, well, I don't know what you mean. I said, it hurts my heart. And he just stared. For a minute, we just stared at him. We stared at each other. And then his dad's yelling, all right, put that tablet away. So the, the routine starts for him to go to sleep. So grandma decided to leave the room and let him go to bed. The next morning, I got a hug from him without begging and just willingly as if transformation took place overnight. So I share that to say when you have someone in your life who doesn't like to hug, I believe there's pain going on there. There's something in the trauma energy that's working with that person. And, again, we talk about a adverse childhood experience. When you went through divorce at the, at, from your, your parents going through a divorce at the age of two, there's pain there. And I'm recognizing that a lot of my grandchildren's behavior is because they're in pain. And I think we can all consider that people in our lives who maybe are resistant to hugs or even people in our lives who welcome hugs and they want that bear hug, they have pain. And we're going to, as I said in the beginning of the show, Dr. Um, Gabor Maté was on a panel uh, reviewing the movie um, Israelism and he said, we're going to see a lot of trauma in our lives for the next few years because of all the trauma that generations have gone through in Gaza, and they have not healed that, and they may not heal it. And so these, in, in fact, all refugees around the world who have had to leave their home because of war or other uh, violence, they're in trauma is what Dr. Gabor was saying. And we're going to need to respond to the trauma in a way that brings healing. Just like my grandson, having a conversation with him about pain, I was not even thinking of having that conversation. I wasn't even prepared or thinking about my response to his tears talking about grandma pinched him. I mean, pinching, how, how, much, how painful is a pinch compared to whippings that we got as children with ironing cords and straps and tree branches. But for him, I believe the pain of his parents' divorce and the pain of dealing with his, what I would say, a narcissistic mother, because he wants freedom. All of that creates emotional pain, not only in children, but in adults that hasn't, hasn't been healed. So the magic of hugs is really just about touching, touching our brothers and sisters, touching ourselves even with love and it's okay, and supporting each other in this amazing journey on earth that is full of war, depression, anxiety, and trauma. And we're just saying today, try hugs, try touching, try listening, 
because I had to listen to my grandson in that moment, that couple of minutes of crying here, seeing him crying and wondering, what's going on? And he couldn't express pain, but the fact that he felt pain said to me and cried about it that there was a deeper issue. And I think that's so with all of us. There's always deeper issues going on when people demonstrate behavior that is not loving. It's because they're in pain. So let me go to the phone. Uh, you're the guest today. If you have a comment or a question, we want to hear from you uh, because this subject today is necessary for us to move on into healing, for us to move on with more power, more knowledge, and come out of victim mode. We want to come out of victim mode and realize we have all the power we need to overcome depression, anxiety, pain, all that when we use this powerful computer and what Bruce Lipton calls the government, activate the government in our brain for all the problems we have. Let me go to the phone, 336-350. I believe that's Mama AZ. Your mic is open. How are you today? Dr. Z, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am, we can hear you. Sister, you are so special, like the brother said earlier. Bad, bad mama jammer girl. I just I I in my challenges and greetings, family who all who are listening, like I told my baby in North Carolina, Miss Makita last night. She has always, always, always reached out to me, even the 40 years living in North Carolina. No matter if I answer my phone, she'd be banging my phone off the hook. And your investigations and the, and the things that you, you bring to the Kitchen Table University, <laughs> Dr. V., for this family on this planet and others, it's just off the chain. And for you to share about your grandson, it took me to court um, the other day on Valentine's Day. You gave me a look into the window of everybody that was involved around me, with me, on Valentine's Day at court. And uh, you and I, we got to have a reasoning, Dr. V, and give your grandson a hug for me and let him know that Mama Bonfire is so grateful that he chose you, Dr. V, to be his grandmother. You and him set this up even before that child decided to come through his mom's gate. I know this. I know this, Dr. V, and I could go on and on and on, but we need to have, you and I need to have a reasoning because it's a lot going on here where I am and uh, where everybody is. And and, uh, it's just too deep to get in. But you have 
because of this show, you have allowed some additional onion layers to be removed from my third eye, and you've given me some tall wisdoms. And you better make sure, Dr. V, you have that little chap, your grandson, to just call me and say, hey, Mama Bonfire. And so I could tell him I love him personally and how proud I am that he is your grandson. And he asked for you because this is deep, girl. This is so deep. I just can't even begin to tell you what. You have opened up as far as sight in my brain, in my mind, in my spirit. The people that are presently interacting with me, what is really behind that? They need a hug. Like your grandson, that's a testimony right there. And that brother was on point when he said how much of a blessing you are. So I can go on and on. I just want to listen to gain additional insight. And I love us, Dr. V. I love you for just being like Makita in a part of my life. No matter what, she's always going to try to find Mama Bonfire and, and It's just, it's not your, I didn't bring that child through my gate. And we do have to get off of this bullshit of color. It is not about color, people, families. It's about heart. No matter if you are in a purple body or green body. It doesn't matter. It's the heart because the heart uh, uh, bleeds not blue blood or black blood or this that is red. Where it's red, the heart, the cardinal. You see, that's all I I need to say. Just thank you, Doctor V, for your wellness, so that you can keep on keeping on with the goodness that this planet is crying out for. Give somebody a hug. I think I'm going to go in there and give my manager at this apartment building a hug. I may have to put the paramedics on notice that she might need some oxygen. (laughs) Get through hugging her because she won't know what the heck. It's going on. I know. Make this, my grandson my is coming tonight, and I'm going to hook you up on the phone so you can give him the message perfectly. Because he'll listen if you ca- I'll call you up uh, sometime tonight. Okay, Dr. V. I didn't hear that. You, went, you, you broke up. What did you say? I didn't hear that. My grandson needs all the love we can give him. So I'm going to hook you up tonight on the phone so he can hear the Okey message. Dokey. Just... Okay. Okay, so thank, thank us. Thank us, Mama AZ. And we have another caller. Uh, but let me read. Uh, I've been missing some of the comments on Facebook. Let me read some of the comments on Facebook here. 
uh, let's see, our Monday morning host says, uh, Grand Rising, beautiful spiritual teacher, thanks for sharing the much-needed knowledge. Yes. Uh, thank us. Again, we have a family here. Uh, it's not about me. It's not about me. And that's what South Korea's problem was, uh, why they have such a high suicide rate. It's called, it became all about me, all about me, and they left the, the old people at home to die by themselves. And that's kind of what we did. We followed the lead of the government and the medical system and big pharmacy. Everybody stay home. Don't go to see your, your elderly in the nursing home. And people died in big numbers. Loneliness. And our other, Deborah, our uh, Saturday um, host, she'll be on tomorrow uh, with Move Around with Deborah. You don't want to miss that. She says, Grand Rising, I love to send hug messages and emojis, yes, to those near and far. This way, if they are lost, in their phone or tablet, it will break into that concentration. Absolutely, people are addicted. Thank you, Deborah. We got to break up the addiction that people have with their the relationship they have with their phone more than people. Ah, way past time for that. And Naima Latif, our um, our executive producer, says, "I watch my seven year old grandnephew sometimes. You've seen him." Your grandson was able to understand how you felt because it hurt his heart when you pinched him. He empathized with you. That's why he gave you hope. Absolutely. I was I was kind of in shock the next morning when he just really, he hugged me with a smile. You don't know how many mornings that I have asked for a hug, and he runs away from me. So there's the breakup of pain that was needed, the the breakup saying, I love you. And Deborah says, communication works. Absolutely. It's time. Communication heals. I had to go eye to eye with this little seven-year-old. That's why it's so important that we stop giving children things and give them our attention, our time, and our eye contact. That's what they need right now because they're in their phones thinking that's what they need, and that's where they're trying to find love uh, when it's the love is right there in their presence if we stop what we're doing, get out of our phones, and connect with them. And Deborah says tomorrow, Saturday, 12 noon, during the move around with Deborah, so we will be helping people understand the need of self-love and hugging ourselves. Yes, hallelujah, hugging. I, I, I think that scripture about Yeshua being in the mountain is me. I'm, I'm like, you always wanting to be in the mountaintop, breathing and inhaling and exhale. That's me. Be, and my, my place here, I've created a mountaintop experience because all I need really is a lot of music, and I'm in the mountaintop. So let me go to the phones again. We have another caller, 773-956. Your mic is open. Welcome to Health and Well-Being with Fiata. Good morning. This is a Kufi. Uh, they they nicknamed me self-love three years ago on the Internet. <laughs> oh, right. Because, yeah, uh, you, do, do, you do demonstrate that a lot. So we're grateful for you. Yeah, because um, never allow someone else to disturb you. You know, I grew up in a community where uh, probably 90% of the community were had uh, fathers in the, in the home. 
So every day was a peaceful uh, experience. And we noticed that a lot of the issue came from the single-parent home, the strife, the jealousy, whatever. And this is what the attack is under right now, uh, attacking the woman. Uh, you see women are crying out, uh, prophesying. They, they, the, the enemy is really in the mind of a woman because uh, she's realizing that uh, men, you know, she needs to connect with the, the masculine energy that she's been uh, disturbed and she's been, she's became the masculine energy. And I, a couple of years ago, I started teaching femininity. I would just share feminine women's uh, tutorials, teaching how to get your femininity back. And uh, I'm, I'm probably going to kick, kick start that back up where a woman finds her femininity because we're living in a, in a, in a chaos society because Women don't have that femininity. That is the jewel and the preciousness to society. I'm telling you, that's it. If if a woman finds her femininity, a man will 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 respect and get in his place. But you have women out here with their masculine energy, and they come upon you with this bad spirit and they're looking at you and you look at them, they're ready to fight and they're ready to go at you. I'm like, uh-oh. We're, we being attacked. I mean, it's not it's, it's the phones. It's, it's nothing else. We are being attacked. Our temples are being attacked. So that's my number one narrative that a woman gets her femininity back. Get that back. Because once you get that back, we men, I mean, we'll, we'll fall right in order. Okay, so so thank you. You said the key word chaos. Chaos. We're looking at chaos on the border, chaos in Chicago, chaos in New York. All these uh, sanctuary cities have chaos right now because they have individuals. Let's just look at the, just for instance in Chicago or New York. You've got individuals who come from a foreign country. They're in pain. Every refugee that leaves their country, whether they're paid to do it or they come voluntarily, they have pain. They're dealing with a lot of pain because the the government of that country, let's just take Gaza, for instance. The government of Israel, the Zionists, have been uh, inflicting murder, uh, genocide, concentration camps for generations. And the same with South America, the South American you know, refugees. You know, you know, you know what it all, you know what it all comes to. In South America, the government don't run, the government doesn't run anything. The police doesn't run anything. The police just stand there and just click their check. The gangs run South America. Right, right. Look at the look at the five brothers who beat down the police officer in New York. Okay, this is going on all around the world. Look exactly. at the uh, Burkina Faso. The military took over the government, the coup of the government. Yes. Okay. So we're, we're dealing with we're dealing with a military mindset, and uh, they want to keep that on, uh, keep us under control. That's why they shoot you 
at traffic stops, and they sh- and they videotaped it. That's a part of the uh, of the of the putting you in your place. Come on now, it all has and meaning. So, oh, go ahead. so let's just bring it home. We've been under a system of military industrial complex for too long. President Eisenhower, I think it was, warned us. That's like 50 or 60 years ago, warned us that this military industrial complex, we need to watch them and, and, not, and be careful and cautious about how we let them take over. They have taken over the world, the mindset, military mindset, war, war, war. We're in chaos now. So hope this guess is where, coming. Guess where, they, guess where they get that money to give the uh, migrants from? <laughs> The, 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 no, they got it from they got it from the police department. They they defunded the police. Yeah, well, it's all you know. You could look at the local level. It's multi-dimensional. Okay, you could look at the local level. You could go to the moors. You could go, but at the top of this seems like chaotic pyramid, we have Zionists. When you look at what's going on in Gaza, Israel, these are the most evil evil minds working to destroy and, and create a genocide. We're witnessing this. This is, this is what is so crazy about what's going on in Israel. We are witnessing war like we've probably never seen it before in an ugly, violent, evil way. And who is perfect? The United States government, the men and women, who are being paid by APAC, the Zionist uh, lobby system, are are have are promoting it just as well and making excuses for this evil destruction uh, and 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 territory. So a lot of it, a lot of it, a lot of it, a lot of it is a hoax. There's some over that going on. It's put yeah. over the internet, but really, really look look at it deeply. A lot, a lot of times it's just a, it's just a show to keep us in yeah. fear, but we right. are out of order yeah. because the laws are being broken. These people are coming over here from these countries with no identification. They come over here and right. they start selling cigarettes. They don't have any identification to get a job. They come over here with no fingerprinting. We don't know who they are. And, and let me tell you something, and I'm going to stop talking. It ain't going to get no better. You got these people in the street. You got these people over here with without identification, can't get a job, they're going to start robbing people. They're already collecting them right now. They're, they're doing uh, all kind of thievery and everything. They're going to start robbing people. They're going to become really a problem. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I already see it. All right, I see well, in their eyes. They're ready to rob you. They, 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 are, they, they are robbers. They come over here with nothing. Okay, so thank you, thank you, okay. Kofi. Your eyes, as you said, you they call you the self-love loving human being in your area because you have number one learned to love yourself, and then you're teaching other people how to love themselves with the herbs that you they can use, and so you are the light in the darkness that is all around us. Thank you, Kufi, for sharing your wisdom. And that's what we all are about here today. Share your story because your story is a teacher. For, no matter how horrific your story is, share it. It's teaching others how to be more compassionate 
And that's what this chaos, I believe, is all about in the Middle East, in Chicago, in uh, New York. Yeah, people are coming here in pain. The refugees are in pain. They would not leave their country if they weren't in pain and suffering. If it were a nice paradise in Venezuela or Brazil or in Gaza, who would leave the paradise, right? But as Dr. Gabor Mate says in his analysis of what's going on in Gaza, which he's been totally involved in as a psychiatrist trying to bring healing, that we are witnessing trauma in uh, thousands of people who have had to leave their home because of our warmongering governments all over the world. I don't think we can just blame Israel for this. We got to blame the United States government of warmongerers. We got to blame Saudi Arabia, uh, Syria, Iran, Iraq, all of them. The, the fact that this, this destruction of life and, and territory and buildings is not stopped yet in Gaza means that they're all warmongers. They got an agenda to clear out the land of all the people and clear it out and then bring in their own evil agenda, whatever it is. And then we are left to respond to the trauma. So we want to respond to the trauma every day. Go to your mountain, like Yeshua did in that in that verse of uh, Matthew. And then in Romans 12, someone gave me Romans 12:10 says, "Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another." That says to me, everybody is your brother. Doesn't matter about their skin color. We got to stop focusing on skin color. That's irrelevant in the age of Aquarius. Irrelevant. Think Martin Luther King character. Character. We're looking for good character. We don't care what color of hair you have, what color of skin. We want. We're looking for character to join this conscious, loving family. And then our job is to respond, not react, to these people who have been in trauma all their lives. If you think about why people would leave their country and come here, they're looking for peace or they're looking to make more trouble and 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 um, manifest or demonstrate their pain. That's what, to me, that's what's happening is people are coming to America to demonstrate, to let go of their own pain. And, and it takes the form of whatever we got to be ready. It's going to take the form of maybe violence, tears, crying. Uh, but we who are conscious, who are with, are aware and awoke, awake and t- ready to shine our light, we got to be ready to respond. So here it starts with us. I am. Who are you? I am that I am. That is where we start. I am that I am. And I play these affirmations as we close to remind all of you who are ready to respond to the chaos, to the trauma, with more affection, more love, and not react with more violence. But we are not going to see an end to the war around us, the chaos around us, unless we're ready to respond 
with a higher vibration of forgiveness and love. We got another caller as we go. 262-833, your mic is open. Greetings, family. Much love and better love together. How are you doing this morning? Great. How are you, Brother Eddie Harris? Thank you for joining us. Yes, I'm doing great. I just wanted to add uh, before the show or the class closed out that along with the hug family, we can magnify the hug by the words of love that we use with the individual because even before your grandson hugged you the next morning, it was the words coming from your heart and the sorrow and pain that you felt that he did not want to share a hug with you that for that night put on his heart and mind that made him want to come back that next morning and give you a hug without any more, anything else said. So hugging a person and putting love with the words of how you care for this individual when you are embracing, it's the energy from your words that you're talking to not just them, but their spirit their heart, their mind, their body, and their soul. So those words that we add, just like Mother AZ would like to have a conference or conversation with you, words by themselves help to purify and help to give what is needed that has been sorely, so sorely missed in all of us. So with that, I just wanted to add those words of love and wisdom to the family to and communicate not just from the body but from your voice that has so much power because we speak it into existence so tell that person how much you truly love and care for them it resonates even more thank you thank us thank us beautiful uh reminder to magnify or another way to put that is become a master alchemist Master Alchemist, transform. We are transform. My granddaughter keeps talking about she wants to be a transformer. So I'm starting to understand her language as well, Brother Eddie. She wants to be a transformer. Remember, we had those toys that transformer, transformer. It's like we're going back to, or we're being reminded of what was valuable in the past and bringing it forward, like you said, magnify. Let's magnify what's still true today. These affirmations, because if you don't know who you are, then you're going to have struggle with people who are in chaos and trauma who you meet, because you're going to be doubting that you even have the power to transform not only yourself and you. So listen to these affirmations. I am is your genuine self, your authentic consciousness. That which you attach to I am with repetition, with consistency, and with deep belief is what you are and what you become. I am abundance. I am beauty. I am strength. I am happiness. I am gratitude. I am strong. I am wise. I am wonderful. I am persistent. I am positive. I am successful. I am determined. I am motivated. I am confident. I am thoughtful. I am considerate. I am compassionate. I am integrity. I am intelligence. I am truth. I am wealth. I am health, I am plenty, 
Assalamu alaikum and to all my yogi friends, namaste. 
and Sadnam and Aloha, my Hawaiian brothers and sisters, stand strong. You can rebuild your life everywhere, anywhere on this planet, but stand strong in Maui Lahaina. Love you. Aloha. Everybody have a great day. See you soon. Shalom.